everybody. This is Mike Van Meter, and this episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat Substance Use and Mental Health Treatment Centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. So reach out today at RetreatBehavioralHealth.com or call at 855-802-6600 for more information. And folks, uh, today what I want to talk about is the holidays and the fact that we are moving into the holidays here at the end of 2023. And the question with a lot of patients is, how in the heck do you get through the holidays sober? And that's a recurring question. A lot of people have that question when they first come to recovery. I know that it was true of me. And the fact is, it is possible to do it. And, you know, I remember when um, my, my first year in recovery, the treatment center that I had gone through was really good about having these uh, alumni association meetings uh, for patients, you know, in the area, in the greater Washington, D.C. area, and the holidays were coming up. And I went to one of these meetings and there was a man that they brought in to talk about this very issue, and he made some very, very interesting points that I want to share with you today. And they're very important. And like a lot of things in recovery, they're both profound and simple at the same time, as is recovery in general. It's both profound and simple at the same time. And I want you to remember that because, you know, at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? We're trying to not but put a a drug or alcohol into our bodies. And it sounds simple enough, doesn't it? But it's really not simple because we are the ones that complicate it. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, when you go through detox, what you're doing is you're detoxing your body from that pull, that physical urge that you have from drugs and alcohol. And your body craves that substance, whatever the substance may be that you put in your body, it craves it. And your body has to be detoxed, hence the, the term detox, and that's what we're doing. And that's anywhere from three to five days, you know, depending on the toxicity of the substances that you put in your body. And it could be longer than that if you're using multiple substances or what we call polysubstance use. But generally speaking, about three to five days. Then after that, your body really doesn't crave uh, drugs and alcohol anymore. Uh, other than the fact that you have the pull from your brain, because remember, we when we're drinking and we're drugging, we actually do change the neuropathways in our brain, and that takes about a year to a year and a half to correct itself. And it does correct itself by by and large, and that's another subject for another day. It gets a bit complicated, but by and large, it fixes itself. But our body has gotten through the detox portion of this, and really at that point, when you think about it, the battle happens in the mind, and that's why we say that addiction is a disease of both the mind and the body, the mind and the body, and it's as much a problem with the mind as it is the body, hence it's a really kind of characterized as a mental health issue, and that's what we're battling. I mean, after all, if you have years of recovery and then you go out and relapse, what that was is really a failure of what was going on in your brain, not in your body, because your body doesn't crave drugs and alcohol anymore. So we're working on that. And it's the, the brain that uh, really determines whether or not we are going to relapse. And that's why with a lot of people that I sponsor and people that I work with, 
I can see the relapse come, coming quite far away, you know, maybe even up to six weeks away, because you see the mind starting to convince itself that um, having drugs or alcohol would be a good idea. So that's the battle. And that was really the central point to the discussion that this guy had with us is it's in your mind. After all, if you think about it, um, the holidays are really no different than any other part of the year. I mean, after all, your body doesn't know whether it's uh, January 4th, you know, June 21st, December 25th, <laughs> New Year's Eve. It doesn't know the difference. Your brain knows the difference, and your brain is the one that that puts that that uh, that you, know, you have that idea in your brain that hey, this is New Year's Eve, this is uh, Christmas Day, it's the holidays. I'm off for two weeks. It's a long weekend. What you know, I, I I should be able to drink. You know, I used to drink and drug on these days, and I should be able to do so now. But your body doesn't know any different. And if you have had any time of sobriety, days, weeks, months, it doesn't really matter when you get to the holidays, because if you could do it all summer, if you could do it in the fall. You can do it during the holidays as well. So let's talk about that here for a second. So what's going on? What makes the holidays different? Well, marketing is a big part of it, if you think about it. I mean, after all, you know, there's such a hype to the holidays. Every holiday that comes up, it could be July 4th and barbecue and beer and, you know, getting together, cooking out. And then, you know, you, you know it's a nice hot day. A nice cold beer be good. Then Thanksgiving, you know, that pops up and and we're supposed to, you know, just gorge ourselves and watch football all day long and what goes along with that. But but beer, beer and alcohol, right? Or maybe even drugs if that's part of your story. And then we move into the Christmas season and what are we told there? Well, we're told this is the happiest time of year. We get together with friends and family and it's the best time of year and we're all supposed to have fun and we're supposed to be grateful and thankful for all the things that we've had. And it'd be nice if that were true, but for many people, it's actually not true, is it? It's really not the happiest time of year. I can tell you when I was a police officer, uh, we dreaded this time of year, to be honest. If you think about it, and I'm, and I'm speaking generally here, but I, I know in working with a lot of patients and just getting around and, and doing the work that I do, that what I'm, what I'm about to say to you is, is relatively true. Not for all. Now, it may not apply to you, and I get that. This is not universal. But for many people, can we just be honest? This is not the happiest time of year. And getting together with family can be stressful. It can be triggering. It can be horrible. You know, the holiday season is not a good time of year and is not full of fond memories for lots and lots of people. Most people really don't like their families or at least members of the family all that much. And if truth were be told that if many people could pick their family members, they likely would not have picked the people that they ended up as having as family members. For some people, there's deep-seated anger, resentment, maybe abuse. Oftentimes, there's abuse in the history of the family. And it's unresolved. It's, it's not been addressed. And then now, once a year, the families are told that they have to get together and they're going to enjoy it. In fact, this is going to be the best time of year. And oftentimes, that is not the case. And there's so many... Uh, 
there are so many people that really become very stressed out over getting together for the holidays. And for many of these people, really, in their minds, the only way that they can cope with this time of year is to drink or to drug. And when you take that unhappiness, that anger, unresolved issues, and you pour alcohol and drugs on top of it, it ends up in disaster for many, many people. And I know when I was a police officer, that's exactly what happened. All this unresolved anger came to the forefront, and then there was violence, you know, domestic violence, and then we showed up. For some reason, I noticed that it seemed like Thanksgiving tended to have the most arrests that we made. I, I don't know if it's because between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, people have been together and maybe they're just kind of conditioned to it and used to it and whatever anger they got out, they got out right away. Not really sure how that worked, but it seemed like that there were more arrests during Thanksgiving than there were uh, during uh, Christmas and then New Year's. But whatever it may be, but the, the, the arrest rate goes up definitely during that time period. And, you know, oftentimes we can't get away from this. You know, but we, what we have to do is learn how to deal with this. Because after all, when you're in a recovery program, it's important, particularly if you're new, to know that we're not on some crusade to be against alcohol, okay? Illicit drugs, that's another issue for another day, but let's just talk alcohol for example. Um, we're not on this crusade to do away with alcohol because we're not going to do away with alcohol. That was tried once in, in this nation and it didn't work out so well. So alcohol is here to stay. And the, and the fact is that if you can drink normally, you know, one of those, if you're one of those normies, as we call them in the recovery world, then God bless you. Okay. If you can do that. I know that's not me. And if you're listening to this podcast, that's likely not you either. But if you can do that, great. But for the rest of us, we just have to be able to live in the world with alcohol. It, it's not going to change. The world's not going to change. We have to change in order to deal with the world. And that's just the way that it is. So, but how do we do that? Well, you want to be in a program of recovery, that's for sure. That's going to help you get through this. Because after all, when you look at the 12 steps, for example, the only step where alcohol or drugs are even mentioned is in the first step. It's never mentioned again after that first step. The rest of the steps are just ways for you to be able to live your life in a world that is imperfect, in a, in a world that is full of alcohol, and be able to deal with life on life's terms, not on our terms. Because after all, the world is not going to change. No matter how much you want it to change, it's not going to. The circumstances we are in are the circumstances that we are in. And so we have to adapt to that situation, and the holidays are no different. You know, if you're in a situation where you have to deal with your family, then, you know, we need to learn how to deal with your family. But there are things that we can do. A, one, particularly if you're in early recovery, if you don't need to be around your family, and they're very triggering and very upsetting to you and very destabilizing to you, then might I suggest you not spend that particular Christmas or holiday with your family. That's exactly what I did, to be honest with you. My first year of recovery during the holiday season, I did not go anywhere. Uh, I didn't go visit anyone. They didn't come to our house. It was just me, my wife, my kids. There was no alcohol. There were no drugs. There was uh, no drama. And it was actually a very, very good holiday period. In fact, probably one of the best that we've ever had. My entire family feels that way. 
And, you know, subsequent uh, holiday periods, I've gone to other people's homes and there was a lot of alcohol, uh, no drugs that I'm aware of at these these homes, but there was a lot of alcohol and a lot of drama uh, not, but but fortunately not involving me because I I had not been drinking, but uh, a lot of drama from other people, and it was just uh, a horrible situation. And you know, it's not really enjoyable. That's why I'm saying that first year in recovery that was probably the best uh, holiday season that we had because there was no drama on our part, and that's the way that we like it now. So, a, you know, the first thing that you can do is not spend time with these people unless you have to. But no, what if you have to? What if you have to go to those homes? Well, uh, you want to have a plan when you go there. You you certainly want to be in some sort of a recovery program, whatever that may look like for you. Be in a program, be working it, and make sure that you're connected to that program of recovery when you go to these places. Make sure you're talking to your sponsor. Make sure you're talking to somebody that's an accountability partner, maybe some a friend of yours that you talk to. And you get yourself um, conditioned to go in to meet with your family. And that is, is that just understand that you may not have, be happy with, uh, with lots of people in your family. Uh, stay away from people that are particularly triggering to you. Maybe uh, the, these are people that you have to avoid or just be pleasant uh, with them, but really minimize the contact that you have with them. You got to remember, particularly when you when you go to a situation where people are drinking heavily, and this is not just your family during the holidays, it could be during business um, engagements that you have to go to where there's a lot of drinking or uh, other events that you have to be at. When other people are drinking, you have to remember that um, you're going to have your faculties about you all night long. Good chance they will not. And once they've met with you and you've done your social obligations, a lot of times they move on and the more they drink, the less they remember about anything that you said to them. Now, they remember may remember that they saw you, but they won't remember whether or not you, you stayed and talked to them all night. So don't feel like you have to be around people that are triggering to you all night because you don't. They've, they've moved on from things. And if they are people that engage in topics that are uh, very upsetting to you, you know, the, the old uh, saying is, you know, never talk about religion or politics uh, at family events, which virtually guarantees that everybody at these events is talking about religion and politics. Uh, avoid that. You know, walk away from it. Do not get triggered. Do not get sucked into those conversations. Now, um, a lot of the people that are there may not know that you're in recovery. So let's just address that at first. You know, most people are not really that interested in what you have to drink because a lot of people are concerned about, you know, not drinking at, at family events and being questioned about that and feeling the pressure to drink. So if you have a drink in your hand and uh, whether it's a Coca-Cola, whether it's a ginger ale, uh, whether it's something, you know, if you have it in your hand, it may appear that you have a drink. And chances are, I mean, nobody's going to be at, at, in an event and start checking your drink. Hey, there's no alcohol in there. Well, you know, what are you doing? What's that all about? That's not going to happen. Okay, so always have a drink in your hand. Now, if it does get to the point where somebody discovers that you're not drinking alcohol and you feel as though you have to answer them. A, I'm going to tell you that that doesn't happen very often. B, but if it does, then you always have a plan. Remember, you have a plan for everything. Why are you not drinking tonight? Well, I got to drive home. 
I got to be at work tomorrow. I'm training for something. I'm having a medical issue. I went and had to take medicine for whatever, but make sure that you have a plan on what you're going to tell people. And then you can say, hey, look, I can't drink because it's going to mix with this medication and that would be really bad. Whatever the case may be. And that usually suffices with people. And it's not like people are going to really push you to drink when you've told them that you're taking other medications and that alcohol will counteract with that or, you know, you may have major side effects. Uh, you know, that's, that's just something that, that no one's going to push you on. Um, you can, like I say, you can talk about uh, training for something. Uh, maybe you're on a diet program. People understand these things. And remember the golden rule that people really don't care a whole lot about what you're doing and what you're drinking. They care much more about what they are doing and what they're drinking. So you're not going to run into that a whole lot. Another thing that you want to think about is having that plan to leave. You know you don't have to stay at these functions all night long. You absolutely do not. Remember, if they're drinking heavily, there's a good chance that they've recognized that you're there. They will likely remember that you were there, and they don't remember much more after that. You know, I, I think about that all the time, where I'll, I'll be talking to somebody at a dinner party or an event, and then maybe later on in the evening, I just discovered that, you know, hey, everybody left, but I don't remember so-and-so leaving. I don't even remember that happening. That's okay, because really, nobody cares. Really, nobody cares. But under no circumstances, get into arguments with people. And always know that uh, you can leave at any time and have a plan to leave at any time. Because you really should not be in a situation where you're spending a lot of time with people that are drinking and drugging heavily. And remember, avoid being in any of these situations to the best of your ability anyway. Don't go to these events unless you have to. Don't go to bars uh, unless you have to. And then, frankly, in early recovery, and I would say your first year, uh, I would not go to bars at all. And if you have business functions there, uh, I would find a way to opt out of being at those business functions. Folks, we just have no business being exposed to these situations any longer that we have to be. And optimally, we will not be exposed to these situations at all. And that's just something that you, you got to get into your mind. Um, uh, make sure that you have things to eat. You know, the old adage, avoid HALT. And HALT is an acronym for being hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. We want to avoid being hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. So make sure you have food in your stomach. Like I talked about earlier, don't allow yourself to get angry and be upset with other people. That's a, a sure way to relapse. Being lonely, making sure that you're around people during the holidays, making sure that you know people that are sober, people that are supportive, people that understand what you're going through, and then being tired. And that is making sure that you get proper rest, diet, exercise, all those wellness things that, that you want to make sure that you're engaged in. And that's, that's how we get through the holidays successfully. And you will. Just remember... If you have gotten sober time it, during any other part of the year, you can, in fact, get through the holidays sober. Remember this. This is today's key takeaway. Your body doesn't know what day of the year it is. It is your mind that tells your body that this is today is different than than the other day. But those of you that have been around recovery for a while know that that's not how we look at life. The way that we look at life is... 24 hours a day. 
I look at today. It doesn't matter if it's a Saturday or a Monday. It is the same to my body. Today is a 24-hour period. That is what I, how I look at it, and I just get through today sober. That is my goal. Get through today sober. Do not look at any day any differently than previous days. And you're going to have success, I promise you. So, guys, that's just today's message. And uh, remember, this episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat Substance Use and Mental Health Treatment Centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. So reach out today at retreatbehavioralhealth.com or at 855-802-6600 for more information. And you guys, hang in there. You can get through the holiday sober. I promise you. I've been able to do it. And I'm nothing special, guys. You're all smarter than I am. You can do it. One day at a time. And we will talk to you later. This is Mike Van Meter. Recovery is possible and you take care of it.